0: It's the CMXU Manager Check-In, brought to you by Moto and Bristol Coachworks, with your host, Ryan gold Hey
1: everybody, how we doing right there in the motocross world of Canada? This is Ryan gold and I'm bringing you another um, check-in with a manager, um, something that we've been doing after each round of the Triple Crown Series. Um, these have been kind of fun. Um, Alex Parker, uh Kevin Tyler and who the hell was my last name? I can't even think of who my last one was now. Um but they've been fun. It's always good to kinda of get a little different version of the thoughts from the weekend, whether it's a rider or um uh, this person on the phone right now sounds like they're chopping up wood or something. Quit making all the damn noise, person, please. Why are you making all the noise?
0: I I shut my doors on no one else. Okay,
1: you it's fucking noise. like stop making all the goddamn noise. Um the voice you hear in the background, ladies and gentlemen, is the Walton Seven Kawasaki team manager Brett Lee, one of the men that I've known for a very long time. Brett, thanks for giving me your time today. Of course. Yeah, no,
0: and sorry about the noise. I was I was like trying to be a quiet guy and do a pro, and then I just totally screwed that
1: up. Yeah, I know you butchered that one. This one is going to be brought to our good friends over at Bristol Coachworks and KalisMoto.com. Make sure you use that CMXU code at checkout, Bristol CoachWorks uh at uh, on their youtube at versus coachworks at youtube on instagram and then calismoto.com and the code is cmxu um okay now that it's nice and quiet we can have a nice chat and talk about things um i guess my first question i want to start this off is why in the fuck are you now managing a dirt bike team
0: <laughs> yeah and that's not <laughs> you have did lots of talks about this you and i and uh it's a little bit more than just like managing our dirt bike team. Obviously, like we we own the Walton Kawasaki team, but it's it's a bigger thing than that. Like we do a lot of camps and stuff around here with Kawasaki, working as like a corporate partner. So even as I speak right now, they're outside this door is like a bunch of Kawasaki's ripping around with new kids on it. So it became this sort of thing that we've been working on a couple for the last couple of years. Is that. Kawasaki is becoming our sort of house brand to support our kids' camps. Uh, We've already put like 1,500 kids through our camps this year alone, like between schools and different programs like that. So it's kind of a cool community outreach for Kawasaki. Uh, Last year we started talking and Huber's were, you know, they were kind of ready to try to transition out of this. And so that's how it sort of all kind of naturally came here. And and you look at the other models that are out there, like whether it's MX101 or GDR, Like tying as much as you can into one thing, you know as as well as anyone, you know you got to diversify in this business, especially in Canadian moto, to sort of survive and justify investment in your business. So, yeah, this is kind of it. And long story short, too, I kind of had that itch. Like we're racers, and the idea of going racing seemed pretty fun. And you always kind of feel like you're missing out when the series started. So uh I mean, i've been scratching that itch pretty hard this year i guess
1: i like it i i think that's a great answer and yeah for those that don't know brett lee and mel melody are yeah. um the owners of the walton Transcans running the biggest event across canada doing this cowboy thing that you refer to another team so like you said diversification that's um that should be the first thing if you're trying to get a job within this industry it uh, you, you should say I can do multiple things, and then you don't, yeah. have, to read, you don't have to read anything else on a resume. <laughs> Man, that's the truth. And I mean, like from the running the race team, like I mean, I'm
0: I knew lots about doing this before, but I, I mean, like what I've learned this year has been awesome in terms of how we apply it to our event, how I see the series, all these sort of things. And yeah, if you're gonna get into this industry and make a living, there's no way you can come in as like specialized in canadian modal right (laughs) like you said i've like now that i've done a race team i've done every part of this series just to have a career in something i really really enjoy and I, i love the challenge and this is kind of cool. I love getting uh, new things put in front of me, like everyone else, like who's doing this.
1: Uh, okay, let's take a step back in the uh, the time machine here and kind of just let everybody know. I mean, the majority of people know who you are, but there are new people that are listening to our podcast feed that, that are kind of getting brought in and, and asking questions on the American side or even the global side of things. How did you kind of get involved in the sport? Um, and, you know, I know you, uh, you know started out dirt bike racing, got into it, then the trans can. And just give me the sort of the, the Coles notes of, of how you kind of got to where you are today.
0: Yeah. So yeah, like you said, uh, I started out just as a guy racing. We went to Loretta's, we did stuff like that. You and I actually went across the country and we kids as amateurs and stuff like that. So that that was really the start. You love moto, you love racing, you love dirt bikes. And we got into it, we started Walton Trains Camp, which is now 31 years going. It's the Grand National Championship for Canada. And that was sort of a family project that was going on for a lot of years. I actually went to school, did a bunch of other things and then I just missed moto. So I just sort of find a way to get back into it. And I ended up laying in a job first with Rick Sharon, who's now matrix concepts. They used to be Axo back in the day, worked in the industry a little bit, ended up going to CMRC with Mark Stallybrass uh, running amateur motocross in the country and really kind of him and I were like very close in terms of I was like his right hand man a little bit for doing the nationals. And, um, once that sort of kind of evolved to a point where I was like ready to try something else, I ended up taking on the Walton Raceway, about the uh, the farm from my family, and uh, Melody and I have been doing that for a bunch of years now, and yeah, it's it's really successful, and uh, all these sort of things, like I said, all the sort of experiences going back, I've done pretty much everything you can do at a national from referee to run the race to I picked up a camera at one national and, and videoed when a guy one of the cameramen went down. Like I've done it all. And uh it's uh it's a cool ride and it's it's weird. I had an experience this year when I was at uh Calgary at the we did the Motocross the Nations thing and you were up there speaking and Courtney was up there speaking and I'm sitting with Mel and it was Chris Palmer and just a lot of people who I grew up with racing and and hanging out. And if someone said to me like 20 years ago, Ryan Gold is going to be talking about pulling the country together for donations. And I have a team that's got some influence through an event. I do. I would have been like, not a chance. Right. And, uh, it's very cool to see, where even Kevin Tyler, Derek Schuster, they're two other guys. Like, you just never... If you had seen Kevin Tyler when he was racing with me and he was, you know, camped out with his mom and dad, you wouldn't say that's going to be one of the most influential guys in the sport in 20 years. Like, it's cool to see where everyone's come and how we've stuck it out as friends and, and business people.
1: Um, born and raised on on farmland. Again, if everybody's anybody's been to the transcan, Brad has basically been born and raised there since the womb. Um, uh, you, you know living living without shoes on a lot traveling and in, in mud and dirt and now you want a race team which is a lot of show yeah. and shine um yeah. how have you how have you figured out that find that balance because i kind of laugh like i like you, i giggled i rode under on my bicycle under your tent you're cooking bacon this weekend and you're like oh shit, i gotta put a flipper on this now and and you know like yeah. it just it's making me laugh but i mean obviously you guys are doing a great job and this is just me kind of poking a little fun but that must be fun because, like I said, you're a farm boy, dude. You know, like yeah. if it's got some fucking dirt on it, it still works. Why do you got to clean it, kind of thing? <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. It's so weird, and uh, it's not lost on me because, again, my my dad did what he had to do to get us to races. And you, again, going back, you and I know our stories <laughs> so much as kids. And uh, yeah. you know, we raced nationals one year. We put up banners on the Saturdays so that you know we
1: could borrow a van to get across the country, right? Yeah. So we did what we could do, and um.
0: I guess that what it does is uh, two things. One, I, I'm always like, I always tell my guys, you know, you, you work with what you got on the race day, right? Like nothing's perfect. Nothing's going to be perfect. Uh, that's conditions, bikes. There's always going to be something. And if you can't work within that, that sort of mindset, you're, you're in for a long day. Right. And I also gives me a lot of gratitude because I look at these bikes and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like if I, I remember there were some tough days for us going to the races and and it sort of became my thing. Like, I was like, I'm okay with this not being perfect. Now looking back, I'm like, man, I wish I had a bike set up because I feel like life would have spent a lot. I I spent a lot of time with my heels in the air. Let's put it that way. Right. (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) you used to have a,
1: you used to have a helmet. You called the lawn dart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I love it. I mean, I love the, the ability to give guys opportunities. Um, but that being said, I I feel like we bring a, a, under our tent we have a like we're going to we're going to come in as prepared and as and professional as we can, but when it's race day you work with what you got and we're not, you know, we don't turn on the bike, we don't turn on each other. Uh, you're going racing and that's a pretty cool place to be like, man, how bad do we look back and go well, I wish I could have one more shot at a national or something. Maybe not go for dance this weekend, but you know, all these things. So a little bit of gratitude, but also yeah, I even have moments where I'm like, "Is this like really going on right now?" So it's it's cool. <laughs>
1: um, quickly, uh, let's talk about sort of the uh, leading into the season. Obviously, you guys make the announcement, you get the team, you throw a couple big names at there, like Justin Bogle, and we had a lot of conversations um, off the you know off the air talking about other riders. And obviously, you guys want to come out swinging. Uh, right now, you have Mackay and Tanner Ward as your as your A guys, and they're doing a great job. Um, just as much as you can share, I, I believe it was, I mean, this wasn't very turnkey for you. Um, there was a lot of struggling, a lot of, like, spending money going, what, well, money's going this way, and wait, wait, okay, I got to get this part, and then, of course, the little falling out with Chad Goodwin as well. Now, Chad's not part of the team after a couple of rounds. It hasn't been easy, and, of course, on, say, media side of things, we're documenting it as well and portraying it out to the, you know, to the masses, and then, of course, they get their own sort of opinions on it. Um, just give me your perspective on that whole sort of, uh, bag of stuff that's been going on since sort of january 1st till current day with all the sort of ups and downs
0: yeah so i mean it, it was a little bit you're right like we kind of thought we we're going to get a very turnkey uh product coming in and and, and there was like again if like, you go back to chad or any of those like guys we had in place they're smart smart people and they know how to to do things but uh we had to work within a fixed budget right and so what we learned really quickly was like and maybe it wasn't – maybe we didn't do the research, but what I learned really quick is you've got to be really good in, in a race team at cash flowing, uh, like your, where you're spending, when you're not spending, how money moves in and out of your company to keep it flowing for an entire year. That was a that was a massive hurdle right out of the get-go, is like understanding how that would work. And then, yeah, working with riders and their contracts and their expectations, like I was really uh, – I never did contracts. And, and for anyone out there, you think it's, it's like uh, – just like a job interview, it's not. It's like a give and take, and it's a negotiation. And you got other people negotiating with your the guy you are negotiating with, and you got media sort of like speculating and guessing because it's part of the excitement, part of the fun, right? I know as a fan, I loved like I heard this rider's going here, and I heard that rider's going there. I'll tell you when you are sitting here doing it, you are like, oh my god, I think that rider's, I think our rider's leaving, right? <laughs> um, we also went through a lot of like offers, and guys like jumped out of the like. Decided they didn't want to do it or they got a different offer. And, and by the time it was like, by the time we got to, even with Justin, uh, you know, we'd gone through like, 10 offers to 10 different guys, right? And, and then also we did a full brand change with, we, Parts Canada had to go in a dur- different direction. And by the time we got that news, we we're in December. So, you know, getting a sponsor in December is super hard. So, you know, we're lucky to like, connect with seven. And uh, just a lot of things like that just changed everything uh, going on. So, the the long story short, I've kind of got lost on where I'm at, but it's it was a whirlwind right up into Edmonton, and again, then making the change with Chad was something we just decided right then and there that we're like we're gonna get both hands on the steering wheel here and uh, make some bold moves early in the season, because so we don't have to do it halfway through the season. And so far, every single weekend we've got better.
1: Yeah, that's that's now per- that's a good lead in because you know the beginning of the year obviously um both both guys kind of struggled in some areas and and this and that but you come in now leaving the arguably this toughest national around the globe and both your guys have banger weekends poor Mackay really didn't have much battling going on there but he rode solid to the five five scores or six or uh, six five for fifth yeah. overall um and then five three for Tanner. or like two, two top fives on the day guys one guy on the box one guy showing strength Like to sort of like i saw you in the podium and i mean um i always say this to a lot of people like i'm still such a fan and i know you are as well but seeing you pumped friend and fan that made me pump like i had a a good feeling in the moment you know i'm not gonna hug you or anything like that but um, you know what i mean like it was a, a real good feeling to see that you were pumped and i think that's cool for people to know that type of stuff like because you know everybody thinks sometimes when you're going motocross racing and you're running a team it's really easy and it's simple and it's it's just such a cool deal um you know and you just shared that yeah these ups and downs and hard things but you guys have stayed in it and you fought your way and i i think there must have been a great uh bit of gratification on on uh, sunday once the final checker flag waved at, at go for news
0: yeah i mean so we came in round one and i'm not gonna lie we we're all kind of like uh-oh, right? Like, you just had that moment because you felt so high coming in. and We felt like we'd done a lot of things. Then Edmonton happened, and we kind of felt a little bit low. And what we did, we, we made bold changes between Edmonton and Kamloops. Everybody knows the big changes we made. We showed up at Kamloops, and the first thing, we, we sat down as a team, we said, listen, that was that. We're moving on. We're going to start st- – and the theme under the tent was we're going to stack. We're going to stack results every modal, stack results every race, we're gonna stack how we operate as a team because it wasn't all on riders. There was stuff under the tent, things I was doing. Everything, everything had to improve over Edmonton. And I said, it's not gonna to happen today, right? Like the amount of change we gotta make is not gonna happen. But we're gonna stack, and we're gonna get better every single modal, every single race. And that's what we did. And so when Tanner got on that podium, and and in the morning we talked too of go for so We have a, we had a little. We don't do it every time, but sometimes we just like stop and have a moment and. I stole something Daniel Blair said in a podcast AC, and he said, you have 15 minutes after your moto, right? Because we kind of got down, and you get you kind of get bummed, even through the, the break, I, like you had the ammo race a wall, and we wanted, we were trying to do things, it wasn't happening. And so I listened to this podcast, and Daniel Blair said, 15 minutes. You got 15 minutes to celebrate, or 15 minutes to be pissed off? and then you move on because there's another Demoto, and there's another race, and yeah. there's another series, and it's, it just keeps coming. So live in that moment, but move on and get ready for whatever's coming next. And so on Sunday morning, I said to the guys, every time we've got on that track, we've got better, and today we're going to take another step, and we're going to live in 15 minutes. If Tanner goes out there and wins or Jeremy does some 15 minutes, we're going to celebrate, and then we're going to move on, and we're going to keep stacking right to Walton. And when Tanner got that podium, I'm not going to lie. like I just... It felt like, it. I was so pumped. I, 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 that emotion, like I was running. Like I came down up top, and, and uh, you know, Jaden's like, grab the podium bag. I'm like, well, we don't even have a podium bag, right? <laughs> so I grabbed a water, and I just hustled down there, and to see him, and you know, we saw each other, and I just, you know, I was a little, I was not crying, but I was emotional, right? Like I felt that, and I, I want more of it, right? And I just feel like hard work sometimes is. It's not always about a win. It's about going in the right direction and knowing that sooner or later you are going to win. So that's – I was fired up.
1: <laughs> uh, let's talk about the two riders. Um, we don't have to worry about how you got to where they are on the bikes. We've discussed that on our show a lot. But um, Jeremy McKay, um, uh, last year kind of ended off the year amazing, decided to switch to the 450 with you guys. And it, it's quiet, he's quieted there as far as what I see, right, because I'm on TV yeah. and I only see certain things. But I'd say he's doing uh, uh, the job that you've hired him for at the moment. And I know there it hasn't been easy. You've shared a couple of conversations that up and down, um, you know, he's a kid, he's a young kid and all this kind of stuff. But uh, give me your, um, you know, I, I guess your your grade right now, if we want to put a, a, a label on it of where of you see Jeremy McKay.
0: Yeah, I would say... I always want to leave a little bit more. He's a good – it's a B, B plus right now. I don't want to go – like he's – you're right. Like he's in fifth. He's like doing that thing. He's a pay, A tick off those top four guys. And he, when I say he's a tick off, I, I believe he's another level with talent and, and the ability to ride a motorcycle. I think those top four guys, they're experienced, former national champions. And you don't be a national champion without understanding how to – Sort of uh, make make the bread, so to speak, right? Like they know what to do, they know how to come in prepared, they know how to set up bikes, and those top four guys are in the 450 class are really showing that. And that's Jeremy has still got that moment of learning how to train as as elite as those guys train, how how to set up bikes as elite, as elite as those those guys do it. And when those pieces come together, I think he's going to inject himself right into that group. So, uh, but you're right, like he's uh, he's sort of in a quiet spot, but I think when you look at it and you say yeah those four guys in front of him all won national championships Dylan is arguably gonna I mean he's not done his career but he's on on pace to be maybe one of the greatest Canadian pros of all times yeah T-Dags is one of the legends of our sport Uh, Moff is like you know he's done it by doing it the hard way and working his ass off and Pettis is a two-time champion who's got the speed to maybe the only guy in Canada right now who can go toe-to-toe with Dylan on sort of Head to head speed, right? So he's not getting beat by guys that are. Uh, he should be. You know, I I can go to him and say you need the beat Dylan. Right? Uh, that is not where I, my mindset's at. Yeah. I definitely want to see him close that gap a little bit more, and I think that's what I was. There was something I was proud of this weekend. I felt he closed the gap, right? Like he was in Calgary. They were way behind the the that lead four, and this weekend he closed it. And and you know, like Moto One, I know Tyler had some issues. But Jeremy was closing on a few laps there when yeah. Tyler sort of sorted himself out, and uh, and and we gave Jeremy a message and we said you're catching five after Tyler had those issues, and that was like a, a light bulb moment for him. Like, hey, I'm at the end of a moto, and you know, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not out of this thing right now, right? So it, that's a challenge right now with us is that when he is riding around in fifth place, and you know, there's 30 seconds behind him and 30 seconds in front of him. He stays in the fight. He stays in the fight till the end of the moto.
1: Um, Let's go move on to the 250 kid. Obviously, this weekend uh, was amazing to see Tanner Ward get up on the box in that second moto. And, you know, I I mean, there's not a person out there I don't think would say he's not working hard. He doesn't have this. He's not like he obviously got hurt um, last year in November, I think it was. And then, you know, slow to start on the the 250. um, But like you just... Again, fan favorite, a good feel, a feel good moment under the tent there with Tanner. So give me your, give me his, uh, his grade. Uh, I would give him uh, a same, like a B right now because
0: you know he came out of the West and that wasn't what he was capable of, right? And some of that was bike, uh, some of that was, uh, you know, I, I would never say it's like his conditioning. Like he, I would go back, going back when I talk about those four guys in the in the four fifty kit class ahead of Jeremy. I say I can put Ty, or, sorry, Tanner in that same sort of category as like a guy who knows how to train, how to prepare. You don't worry about him eating wrong or not being prepared when it gets to the track, right? But he is a guy who's like, he's got to have a comfort level. He has to know that there's some support behind him. And so round one, definitely not what we expected. And, and then... Again, he's quietly worked his way back in. Because he's a prideful guy who believes he should be on the podium. And that's what I thought he should be, like, right at round one, too. So you can imagine when he gets, like, a 10th or whatever happened at Edmonton, you know, to go back to the next round and be like, okay, i got to, you know, work my way back into this. And when we took the two-week break, there was no break. Like, he worked his butt off. You know, he's riding the 450 because we're working on a 250. and, And he's doing all these sort of things. And even on the Friday before Gopher, him and Mitch Godkin are out testing, out working on stuff, right? And what got, I knew it was going to be a good day at Gopher because in the first practice, which doesn't count, you know, he saw the checkered and he was stretching out on the bike, holding it on and trying to get a lap time in. And I'm like, okay, here we go, right? Like you could just feel it right then. You're like, this kid is a different kid than he looked at round one. He's he's in it right now. And I'm, I'm probably most excited to see what he can do because – You know, like again, going back how I said to Jeremy, I want to get him closer to that that front pack. When you know Tanner passed Benoit in practice, and then he had that battle with McNabb in the Moto Two. Those were confidence moments that translate into results. And I think you know Tanner's going to come out heavy again this weekend. He's he's fired up and he's ready to do this. And you know we're going to get him we're going to get him up to the top by the time we we turn towards Walton as the hope.
1: Um, I want to talk about now this new manager position. You, you used to run these meetings, oh, fuck, 15 years ago, I guess it would have been now, these yeah. manager meetings and phone calls and stuff like that when they first kind of got introduced back in the in our Staly days. Um, our, I, I, I kind of sometimes think that we give a little bit too much communication. I mean, I think communication is key, right, to have relationships. That's a big thing whether you're you know, with your wife and, wife and husband or, or your kids or boss or whatever it is but i sometimes think that um you know there's too many bosses not enough employees sort of things sometimes and i just want your perspective you know you guys do manager calls you talk to the triple crown you guys have manager meetings you're on text groups all these kinds of things is there too much chatter going on um and there should be more of a just hey boys let's just shut the fuck up and let let the gate drops it goes kind of thing or is this all valuable information that is being put out there as we move forward to keep the series getting bigger more creative more eyes on it all that kind of stuff um,
0: so i agree and disagree with what you're saying so i never think there's too much communication i can't i think you can if you listen there's never a time you shouldn't be listening as a manager you running mo or any business like you should never stop taking in information right where i think any business or series or series or whatever you have to have the confidence to be the hammer, right? So I, as a team manager, I'm a huge communicator. I'm telling my guys everything that's going on, and sometimes they're a little shocked, and I'm like, hey, here's the good things. But at the end of the day, whether they're four or five of them are telling me this is what they think, and they're on one side, and I'm on the other side, I'm the hammer. I'm the guy who makes the final call, but I want all their input, right? I'm going to listen to them. I think the series... Uh, if I was to be critical of the series, uh, sometimes I wish, you know, like I actually wish Justin was out there because he's the hammer, right? Like at the end of the day, he's the guy who's going to make it because he's the guy who's going to live and die by this. You know, if you're whoever's name is on a check in a business, you're the hammer. And, um, if I was to be critical, I love the fact these guys communicate. I love the fact that they're, they're always open to ideas and different like ways of doing things. Um, but I also think sometimes too that too many people have too much influence on the final decision, right? Yeah. Um, even myself, I can sometimes say stuff and people may sway a little bit or, or be like, well, you know, this guy, this team manager thinks this is what we should do and that's why we're doing it. No, it's, it's a hammer, right? And that hammer has to be sometimes swung. And that may mean all the team managers and people in the industry don't like it. And that's, that's part of it. And if I was to go back to maybe like going back to my CMRC days, I mean, it was clear always who had the hammer in every conversation, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there was – sometimes that wasn't super popular, but it gave – there's always a back, back part of this. Like, again, with my team, I get, part, I get requests all the time. Hey, let's order this. Let's order this. Let's order this. Let's do this. Let's test here. And, like, some of it, you're like, yes, yes. I, I could look at it, and if it was un, un, no budget, I'd be like, yes to everything on there, right? But I can't be yes to everything. Because there's a functionality of a business. So I have to say no sometimes. And that's not always popular. But it goes back to, I communicate with my guys. I think the series communicates. But I always sometimes feel that there needs to be more of a hammer from the series. Like, hey, guys, this is what we're doing. This is why. This is where we're going.
1: And I'm not asking for an opinion on it. Um, I like some, this is something else kind of cool, I think, about our series right now. Um, and I, get to, I can put you guys in there because this is year one uh man luck uh year two now i believe with the semi kind of thing kevin tyler just bought a brand new semi uh digs has got riders on two and three year contracts uh ktm obviously being the mainly the uh you know sort of the only factory like a lot of years when we were back doing it um brett like when you were in your position see and i'm doing tv we always wondered if teams were coming back if riders were going to come around i feel like right now there's a good strength on the on the back side of the track uh the teams the focus the goals the money being spent um would you agree with something like that like me looking on the outside i'm like man that like kevin's fucking strong he's got the rig you just started this thing it's not like it's a one and done and 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 then like you said gopher has implemented a three-year deal with dylan just started and so that team's not going anywhere man luck is it seems really aggressive uh you know, maybe the Al Dick squad is back in now that they've come back in again. And TLD, Gas Gas, Steve Sims, um, that might be one that's sort of up in the air-ish. I'm just not too sure what's going on there. Not not that there's anything negative, just you never you never you question it each year, wondering how Sims stays together, if there's going to be money, all these kind of things. But um, I just, I really like, you know, and even I'll bring it to my ammo vents. There's a there's a huge crop of 50, 65, 85 super mini kids coming through the ranks right now, and there's some from out west as well. Like... I like the longevity look from the standing point right now. Am I making sense?
0: Yeah. So I agree with you. And I think it goes back to what we said before is that when you mention those teams and even your your business model, again, diversification. Like we aren't all hanging on a race team going, I hope this makes money and I hope this is how I make a living. Not happening, right? Just like – I hope a race team or a racetrack, uh, you know, I hope I can run races and that's how I'm going to make a living.
1: Oh, I meant, sorry, and, I'm, so I'm, sorry I left, and, I left Alex Parker. He's just got a rig as well. Sorry, Alex Parker. And he's sure. got two and three sure, year contracts. On
0: the back end of that. And he's got some other stuff on the go. So another example of like diversification, like every team you mentioned, that's like going forward, this is just part of our puzzle. Right. And so that's built a bit of a more stable program. Like uh, going back, I think GDR is a great example in terms of like that race team, is an expression of like their Red Rider program, and that sort of all feeds with the Walton Kawasaki team. I mean, I have that rig here with school kids going to who don't know anything about motocross, coming here to do my challenge course, and they walk to the rig, which then in turns they come to my Transcan National, or their parents call me up and say, "Hey, I want to get a riding lesson," or they want to go to the summer camp. It's like these things have all created. We've learned in Canadian Moto that you can't just be a one-trick pony. And if you are a one-trick pony, you may be one and done. And I think that's the that's the ticket. And you, you mentioned Steve Sims. I mean, the one thing he's doing good, I mean, he's retailing out the track. Yeah, He's got a race shop on the back end of it. And, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he gets to a point he wishes he had a bit more money flowing into it. But he's created a business that is stable. Whether or not he wants to keep doing it, that's his choice, right? Right, yeah. But it's, it's not like you know going back to our day where somebody just like forking out cash like you used to hear about like oh this guy's just paying and paying and paying most of us who you mentioned are breaking even on money that is probably a fraction of what we used to get 15 years ago i mean yeah when monster money was floating around there was teams like north of 500 out there that doesn't exist right now but the teams that do exist right now have like five or six things going i was talking to you know, like again, I'm running a kids camp here with Kawasaki's
1: running around outside right now, right? Yeah, that yeah. feeds into it, and and truthfully, Transcan
0: kind of feeds into my pro team because I've always said, you know, I do a, I work hard on amateur motocross. You know that as well as anyone. We got the ANQs and says feeder system, and you know Jeremy Mackay is a two-time bronze boot winner here. Tanner Ward went through my entire system here. There, that was part of the reason they were on the team this year, right? Yeah. Is that. There needs to be a place, I need to be a leader and say, I want kids to feel like if you're going to go through a system and you know you land in pro and you're going to have to put a couple more years in, but sooner or later you'll get there. Makai had the ride as a privateer for two or three years. Tanner had to do the same. You know, you see TJ Scott, if he puts in his time, he's going to end up on a team too, right? Like there's a bit of work. I'm not saying it happens the moment you, you, you're done intermediate. But there is a moment it will happen, and and as teams, I think that's what we're doing really good in Canada right now is, you know, we're we're taking a little and making it really stretch out, and that's from running race series like AMO. I mean, I had the race here the two weeks ago. You guys ran from six in the morning till ten at night, doing it was like a circus, right? Back in the day, people would be like, hey, I just want to run a one day race, and I'm going to start at nine. I got to be done at five, and it's just about what's on the track. Those days are over. You need to be. You know, thinking bigger and uh, and adding more pieces to the puzzle, and that's that's why Canadian Motors in a good place. The guys who are in decision making positions are trying to do it in uh, a very diverse, uh, multi layered way of doing this, and I think that's key.
1: I think a good word is opportunity. There's there's opportunities now for these racers. We always used to say, you know, the, door, this, if the the position is so small for a kid to you know uh, make the pro dream and it is still small, but there are more opportunities I feel looking at it from the outside in right now. Um, and that's, that's kind of what, what makes my, uh, uh you know, makes my, my heart tingle a little bit. I just, I like what I'm seeing. I like what you guys are doing. And it, it's, you know, the, obviously it's maybe not getting all the Americans on the team type thing. Isn't making as much sense anymore. So anyway, just let's, I wanted to hear that from you and, on, uh, I know you've been around uh likely the longest out of any of the team owners whether it be industry and stuff like that so that's a good thing to hear um before i let you go here we'll talk a little Transcan. um 31st year as you stated earlier in the pod here um i mean it, it's really hard to make just unbelievable changes and additions and make it better than last year and stuff like that because it is you know a motocross race in a field the gate's gonna drop champions are gonna win uh number one plates are gonna be crowned we're gonna have bingo and all these kind of things but uh can you give us a little insight of anything different or something changed or something that you've just thought over and above coming into this year's transcan
0: uh i would say like again going back to i always love like when i go to a big event or you see like really classy facilities like redbud when i went to it last year i was always blown away by, like, what the facility is, right, and what that, that infrastructure and structure in that facility, and I feel like it creates a vibe when people drive into your gate, and you have a, you know, facility that's really well-prepared and well-organized and, and, you know, looks like it's put the investment in that racers often feel they put in, right? Like, if you're someone who's driving from, I was if you're driving from Prince George, B.C. to Walton to Race, when you, the moment you turn into the gate, I want you to go, okay that was worth it you know like that not not what my result is not what you know at the end of the weekend is it worth it the moment you drive in the gate it has to feel like it's worth it and if you can create that kind of experience that it's worth it to spend that money to make this investment of time then the race becomes the race right like everybody knows how racing is anything can happen so you don't want your whole week to be hanging on what happens on the track. Is that's my was my driver, right? So we've done some things at the facility. When people get here, you know they're going to see it. We invested in a bit more uh, infrastructure. We invest in a bit more equipment on the track, so that's a more elite experience. And we've invested in a bunch of small things that make the after racing experience really good, like the pool and the climbing course and all that sort of stuff. But I think like the key, the very key for us is that. This is a true amateur national. It's a true event. You get, the, I would argue, the longest models of any amateur national anywhere in the world. And we stay on time. We have the best officials, the best people supporting it. I can't get better people at this event. If I knew them, I'd probably go after them. Right. Yeah. So uh, when people come here, we don't. This isn't like a glorified regional race. Nothing. Not there's anything wrong with that. Uh, this is this is a, na- a national and amateurs get treated like as, as well as we can treat a, a racer at a at a race and so I think uh, if that's much of the same we're going to be doing much of the same this year. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good event and, and we're working hard to get people here. Going back again to the conversation we just had, that when you do get a result, it translates into something that people see you, people recognize you, and and maybe it becomes something down the road.
1: Um the hardest part of being the team manager and the easiest to finish us off
0: uh hardest part is uh is uh, cash flow uh, like the business side of it is like it's been blowing my mind on the what I learned next year it'll be easier but this year it was uh, um hard uh, easiest part is um i find like as a race manager like the easiest part is racing Like I'm there, the guys are prepared. If they're all prepared, you've done all your work all week. uh, You're just there and you go racing, right? Like if something happens, you got people and parts and all that in place to take care of the problem that shows up. There's nothing you can do about it other than fix it, right? And so race day to me is, uh, I wouldn't say enjoyable because I'm stressed out and I want to see these guys do good and I'm invested. And like you said, you saw emotion, but man, it's fun. Like that's a fun time. And it's not fun if you haven't done the work. Right, like if you if you show up disorganized, it is not fun. But if you've done the work through the week and you kind of made sure you got your parts and you got all those little tiny things, race day is actually for a team manager. I'm not working on bikes. I'm not riding. Like I wasn't. A, I wasn't. I was quite comfortable at Gopher on the weekends.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> like you were, God, you, were nice. you were dressed for the beach. You were dressed for the beach.
0: And I had a nice lunch, and I took my buddies to show them starts for the first time. I saw that on TV. You called me out. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but. I had a great time, right? Like it was a, it was an awesome event. The event was amazing. Tons of people. It was a great vibe. So race day is a lot of fun for me, uh, unless I haven't done my work through the week. And then it, it it literally is not fun, but yeah, running the business is the hardest part race day itself as a team manager, not a mechanic or not a rider or something like that is, it's pretty chill.
1: All right, Bristol Coachworks and KalisMoto.com. Make sure you use the code CMXU at checkout at KalisMoto.com. And big thanks to Bannon and the crew over at Bristol Coachworks bringing you this week's manager check in with Walton7 Kawasaki Brett Lee. Brett, uh, appreciate your time, buddy. I'm sure we'll be chatting lots more throughout the year here, obviously. And uh, congrats on, on a great past weekend. Let's hope that the uh, the mojo can carry into Sandalee. Um, and if it doesn't, I want to see this so called hammer that you have come down.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> has a, usually, Melody usually has a hammer in the other office, right? You know that. <laughs> but I'm gonna borrow it, one of these times, and drop the hammer.
1: Sounds good, buddy. Thanks for your time again.
0: Okay, take care.